0: Has anyone seen Toy Story 4? It's a great movie. I loved it. And, uh, but if you've ever seen a, a, a sequel to a movie, and like you, you might really enjoy the movie. It might be a great movie. But if you haven't seen the movies before, there's always those moments you're sitting, you're watching, and you're thinking, yep, whatever, this is all happening. And someone else starts laughing, and you're like, that wasn't funny. Uh, this doesn't make sense. Why are you, why are you laughing? And then they go, oh, right, I get it. And you're thinking, What do you mean? I get it. There's nothing happened. It's just the story's continuing. But there's all these parts of the story that you've missed in the first movies. And if you get to number four and you haven't watched number one, two, and three, there's all these jokes and there's the fullness of the story that you're missing out on. So this morning, what we're going to do, instead of just diving straight into the book of Exodus in a couple of weeks' time, we're just going to rewind a little bit. We're going to look back at what's happened before we get to the book of Exodus so that we understand in a fuller way what is actually happening in the book of Exodus. Does that make sense? So everyone get your remote control, go back, rewind, here we go, back to Genesis chapter 1 and uh, we're going to do a flying overview of the whole Bible today. Well, not really, but just to scare you I thought I'd say that. (laughs) Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and uh, in Genesis chapter 1 we rewind, we see God created the world and kids if you didn't read that it says God created the world. That could be a blank, maybe. Maybe. And uh, God created the world. It was perfect. It was good. It was amazing. He made all the the animals and all the fish, and He made the, the seas, He made the land, the trees, and everything in it. And He placed man and woman in that garden, and it was perfect. It was very good, God said. God and humanity living in perfect relationship. What a beautiful picture. Don't miss that picture. It's not just a picture, it's God's desire that we would have perfect relationship with Him again. It was in the Garden of Eden and we can come into that relationship with Him and have perfect fellowship with God again. That's God's desire, that's His heart, that's the story of the Bible. God created and it was good, it was perfect, it was wonderful. Oh, I wish we could go back to that place. <laughs> but people sin we have all sinned we have all fallen short of the glorious standard of god adam and eve took of the fruit that they were commanded not to eat and sin entered the world brokenness and pain and suffering entered the world in that moment and because of sin and kids hopefully you're getting these words judgment came and they were they were put out of the garden and so some people laughing i'm thinking oh cuz it's lego that's right i forgot <laughs> and uh they were put out of the garden. There was, a, there was judgment for sin. And, you know, there is always judgment for sin. God, God is a righteous judge and He he will not let sin go unpunished. And there is a consequence because of sin. So the people were put out of the, uh, the garden, Adam and Eve were put out of the garden, and death was the consequence of sin. God said, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. And death hadn't physically entered the world at that stage, but they were headed towards death from that moment. They had been separated and cut off from the source of life. And if you, get a, if you get a tree and you chop a branch off, it dies. From that moment, death had entered the world and Adam and Eve were going to die. As you read on in the book of Genesis, we see that wickedness increases. Adam and Eve have kids and Cain kills Abel and it says wickedness increases and, increases, and in Genesis chapter 6 we see Noah is called by God he says I, I see the wickedness of the earth and it, it breaks God's heart the wickedness on the le- on the earth God says I'm going to I'm going to wipe them out but he calls Noah to build an ark and judgment comes but he saves a remnant he he delivers Noah and his family and animals through the waters and they're saved there's judgment for sin once again. But then they, they come out of the ark and God renews His covenant to, to Noah and his family. He says, multiply and fill the earth. And there's a rainbow and all those things happen. But then we read on and the people decide to build a tower to their greatness, basically. And in pride, they build this tower. They, 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 they're building this tower and God says, this is not right, this is not good, and He brings judgment, and it's called the Tower of Babel, or Babel, it might be more appropriate to say Babel, because they start to babble to each other, because they can't understand each other, because God confuses their languages, and the people are scattered around the world, and again, there's judgment for sin. And we go on and we read about the descendants of Shem in Genesis 11, and finally we come to Genesis chapter 12, where we meet this guy, he probably looked a little bit different to that, but whose uh, name was Abram, and we read that Abram was one of the descendants of Shem, after the big genealogy, now rather than tell you all about Abram, I thought we'd watch a little video, because the kids are in and videos are fun, I like them, so here we go, if <laughs> we want to dim the lights maybe.
1: Faithful Hall of Fame, Abraham. This is Abram, who will later be known as Abraham. Yay. When Abram was in the land called Canaan, God told him to look over the land as far as his eyes could see. God promised that the land would be blessed and that Abram would have many children. 25 years passed, Abram and Sarai were very old and still had no children. God appeared to Abram and said, don't be afraid, I'm your shield, a sun is coming. Look at the heavens and count the stars. Someday you will have as many children as there are stars in the sky. Then God told Abram that his name would no longer be Abram but it would be Abraham, which means father of many nations. God also told Abraham that Sarai's name would be changed to Sarah. God promised to bless Sarah and told Abraham that she would become pregnant and have a son. God made a covenant with Abraham that day. His covenant was a promise that Abraham would have many sons and they would be blessed. There we go
0: there's the quick version of who abraham is but let's have a read in genesis 12 together it's on the screen so you can read along and i think again there's some, some gaps there kids to fill in as we read it says the lord said to abram genesis 12 verse 1 leave your native country your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that i will show you i'll make you into a great nation i will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. God makes a covenant promise to Abraham. Oh, you you need the words still, sorry. I'll leave it up there for a minute. (laughs) God makes a covenant promise to Abraham that is truly amazing. Imagine you were Abraham and God makes that covenant with you. He promises that He's going to turn you into a great nation that you'll be blessed and that you'll be famous and that, that all the families on earth will be d- blessed through you. Can you imagine how you would feel if you were Abram? I'd be thinking, wow, God, who, who am I to, to receive this? Who am I to, to, for you to do this through me? But God made a covenant promise to Abram. Sorry, kids, you have to look off the person beside you. or open up the Bible if you need to find that one. <laughs> he made a covenant to, to Abram. And this promise, in, in essence, is really the foundation of the rest of the Bible. This, this promise helps us understand what is happening throughout the rest of God's Word. And if we don't understand these things, we're, we're really not fully understanding what God is doing through His Word as we read it. And what happens from here is really that God makes a covenant to Abram, and then we see the family, the family line and the, the history of His people Israel through the Word of God and how God uses them, who God works through His people and then eventually He grafts us in. He, he adopts us into His family that we can be a part of His family. And Actually, someone just put out this morning that Israel are right now having their elections and we, we need to pray for Israel. They are God's people that we have been grafted into that family. His, His people, all people can now come and, and be joined to His family, the people of God but we should pray for His people, we should pray for that nation. And in Genesis chapter 15, we see that God continues to um, speak to Abram, and He kind of expands a bit more on it, He says, Abram, look up to the stars, count the stars if you can, so shall your descendants be. God promises these things to Abram and and. Abram is in awe, he's a little shocked, he doesn't quite know how it's going to happen because he doesn't have any kids at that stage. He says, look up to the stars, count the stars if you can, so shall your descendants be. And really, as we look at the Bible, we see that that's exactly what happens, that the nations uh, come out of his descendants, that the nation of Israel and, and, and many nations are born out of his family. And he is made famous through what God does through His life and through His descendants. And all the world has been blessed through Him. I was so tempted this morning to teach you a song, um, but I just didn't have time this week. Oh, everyone said, it's a great song, but you don't know it, so I won't bother trying to sing it to you. Um, All the world has been blessed through Him, through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that, that through Jesus Christ, every person on this earth can have freedom from sin, can, can come back into that perfect relationship with God the Father, that we can have eternal life with God in heaven because of Jesus Christ. All the world, all the families on earth, all peoples of the earth have been blessed through Abraham's descendants, and we can enter into that promise. It's amazing. God made covenant with Abram, but God has also made covenant with us. We're talking about how amazing it would have been to be Abram and to have that covenant made with us, but God has made covenant with you. Kids, you know, God offers you to become a part of this covenant. Have a listen to what it says in Ephesians 2. I've kind of summarized. I also just have too much to read this morning. Ephesians 2, verse 12 and 13 says, "...you were excluded." In other words, we were not a part of the people of God. Well, some of you may be Jews, I'm not sure, but I'm not. You were excluded. You did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus through the blood of Christ. In other words, we were not a part of the people of God. We didn't understand the covenant. We weren't a part of the covenant. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be joined into The people of God. We become a part of His family. We become accepted and and a part of, we become one of His children through what Jesus has done for us upon the cross. Luke chapter 22, verse 20, Jesus speaking about communion, about what we do every Sunday. He says, um, Luke 22, verse 20, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with my blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. We take communion every week because it reminds us that it is only because of the covenant that Jesus has has made that we can have salvation. It's not because of anything we do. It's not because we earn it. It's because of what Jesus did, that He poured out His life. He, He became the perfect sacrifice for our sin so that we could be joined into His family that we could be forgiven and have eternal life because He has done it all for us. It's amazing, it's wonderful. We, can, we can't fully comprehend how and what He has done. Romans 6 puts it this way, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, and every one of us has sinned. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We have all sinned. We all deserve to be cut off from Christ, from God. But Jesus came that we could be joined in. It's a free gift for anyone who calls on Him, for anyone who cries out to Him and said, God, I am sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I give you my life. Join me back in, please, Lord. You are my God. You are my Savior. You are my King. And we come into that covenant through faith in Jesus Christ, through His blood. And it's through faith that we receive God's promises. If you're taking notes, big kids, no matter how big you are, point number one, through faith we receive God's promises. It's not by what you do. It's through faith that we receive God's promises. You may feel like you've messed up so many times, but it is through faith, it is through believing that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for your sin. It's understanding that God so loved the world that He gave His Son for you upon the cross. It's through faith in Jesus Christ that we receive God's promises, that we can be joined into that covenant, that we can have eternal life and relationship with God once again. Let me read what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. Kids, did you get that? Through faith we receive God's promises. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says this, Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. In other words, God created the stuff that this world is made of. No one can explain other than God that from nothing God created something. God created this world. and It goes on in verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God d- rewards those who, who earnestly, who honestly, who wholeheartedly seek Him, who say, God, here I am, show me, lead me, teach me. You are my God and my Saviour and my King. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Abram stepped out. It was a step of faith. And faith really is stepping out because we trust God. It's not because we think, if I do this, God will reward me. It's not because we think, well, this is a, a nice idea. It's because we believe in a God who loves us who cares for us, who gave His life for us, we step out in faith because we trust in God. If we want to grow in faith, let's look to Him. If we want to grow in faith, let's read His Word and we will be stirred, we will be inspired, we will be filled with faith. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. And as we have faith, we will, as Abram did, step out of that place into the place He leads us to. To step out in faith, we also must leave sin behind. We cannot step out in faith. We cannot come to God in faith if we are not willing to turn our back on sin. To step out in faith, we must leave sin behind. God said to Abram, Go to the place that I will show you. Go to that place. Leave what you know and go to that place. And for some of us, we, we are called to, to leave what we know and go to a new place. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, maybe you're thinking, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, don't, I don't know what it looks like to live as a, a Christian, as a person who follows Jesus. But God's call for us is to, to leave sin behind, to turn away from sin. The Bible uses the word repent and step out in faith. We, we, we cannot experiment with God. We can't kind of say, God, bless me, and if you bless me, then, I, then I'll follow you. We, we have to give up our life to receive what God has given for us. To step out in faith, we must leave sin behind. And that's not to say that we don't struggle with sin still. That's not to say that we don't still have a, a, a challenge sometimes with sin. But we have chosen to say, I'm no longer living for these things, Lord. I'm living for you. Help me, God, to live as a person who follows you. I love the verse that says, even then when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Have we chosen? Are we deciding to say, God, I want to leave sin behind. I want to come follow you. I'm going to step out in faith. As I was preparing this week, I just really felt like God was... was encouraging me to, to, to say to some of you that I believe there's some people here that God has been stirring you, God has been challenging you to step out in faith, to leave some things behind in your life and to go into a new thing. And I want to encourage you, if God is, is stirring you, if God is prompting you by His Holy Spirit, you really feel that God is saying, leave that thing behind and go forward into what I'm calling to you to, to do what He says. To follow His call, to listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. To leave that thing behind and to go after the thing that God is calling you to. You know, sometimes the things that God calls us us to, it's always for His glory, but it may not seem very glorified for us, but there is a blessing in the obedience of following His call. I believe you will have a greater peace, a greater joy as you follow, no matter what it leads to if you follow and obey that call of God. You know, for some of you, that may not be what God's saying right now. Maybe for some of you, you're thinking, yeah, I want a word to say I've got to go from this place. But for some of you, and you know who you are probably, I think, that there's there's some people that you're thinking, great, a word that I can go, I can leave this thing behind and go on to something new. But for some of you, God's saying, actually, no, I want you to stay where you are. And the blessing for you will be in your obedience to stay in that time and that season of staying when God calls you to. Maybe for some of you at school, who's at school still? Well, you know you're on holidays, but maybe for you guys that are at school, God's saying to some of you that He wants you to leave the comfort of your, your group of friends. Maybe you've got a great group of friends you love hanging out with and have a great time with, and God's just stirring you to say, I'm going to actually leave my group of friends for a little while, maybe just for a short time even, to go to someone else that you've noticed, doesn't have a group of friends, they just sit by themselves and God's saying, go to that person and say, hey, come and join in. Maybe God wants you to leave that little group of friends for a moment to help them have some friends and to know His love through you. Maybe some people here today who we've got into a comfortable routine in life and life is just flowing on nicely, it's, it's all good and lovely, but God is calling you to leave your comfort and Routine for a moment to go to someone so that they might know the love of God. Let's feel like God's saying to some people that your, your, your comfort, your routine is lovely, but step out of that for a moment to those people that He's prompting you to go to. It might be uncomfortable, it might be difficult, it might be hard, but follow that prompting that God is leading you into. You know, we have some youth leaders this weekend who have given up the comfort of their comfortable warm beds and homes and life at home. They've, they've, they've left those comforts and they've gone to a camp that I've got to say is a little rustic. And those that have been there know what I mean. They've left the comfort of heaters and, and all these privileged things we have at home. And they've gone to be with some young people that they might know the love of Jesus Christ, that they might grow in their relationship with God. And actually, I just, just as I mentioned them, I just want to pray for our young people right now that are meeting up on camp still right now. God, we just pray that you would protect them, that God, you would guard them. Lord, all the good things that you've done in their life this weekend, that as they come home, God, that they wouldn't just maintain that level of, of, of faith and, and growth that they've had, but God, that they would go on and grow from this moment, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Holy Spirit that's working in their hearts and continuing to to grow them, Lord, into the people that you desire them to be. We just pray, Lord, for your blessing upon that camp in Jesus' name, even as they come home, Lord. Amen. So Let's just go back to Genesis chapter 12 for a minute. And I want you to listen as we read this, kids, and big kids too, every one of us. Have a listen. What did Abram have to do as we read through this covenant? What did Abram have to do? Let's have a read of it, Genesis chapter 12 again. It says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Who's going to make him into a great nation? God is. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. What is God saying through the, to, to, to Abram? Basically, it's leave and go. Or if we want to summarize it even more, it's obey and go. Obey and go and I will do these things. Obey and go and God says basically and I will do the rest. Obey and go and know my covenant, know my, my power working, see me work through you. See me bless you. See me bless the nations through you. All he says to Abraham is simply, leave and go. Obey and go. Obey and go. Can we say that this morning? Obey and go. Obey and go. I always feel like doing like a little rap obey and go. And you will know. I don't know. Obey and go. How simple is that? Obey and go. And God does the rest. You know, kids and big kids too, God blesses obedience to Him. God blesses obedience to Him. That's not to say it's always going to be easy. That's not to say it's always going to be nice. When we obey, sometimes things happen to us. As, even as we go and tell a friend about Jesus, sometimes they turn around and say, You're crazy. And they call you God boy. The next few months and tease you and pick on you or whatever they might do. But God's blessing is on those who obey Him. You know, the Bible says that rebellion or, or disobedience is like witchcraft. It it is of great offence to God to live in rebellion. We've got to realise the seriousness of rebellion and disobedience. God calls us to obey and go. Jesus says, come, follow me. The call is to to obey and go. That same same challenge for us kids in the school holidays, will you obey and go what God is saying? He says, obey your mum and dad, honour your mother and father. (laughs) Obey and go. Adults, will we obey and go? Will we show kindness and grace when others show us hostility? Well, we obey and go? It doesn't mean things will always be easy. John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, in this life we go through challenges but Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for our sins so that we can have eternity with Him, free from fear and pain and sorrow. In this life, we will, we will have challenges, but take heart, Christ has overcome the world and we have an eternity to look forward to with Him. We can have the peace of God in our hearts every day, even as we look forward to eternity, because we know that we have the victory in Him. I want to finish this morning by reading through a bit of a chunk out of Colossians. And as I read through this bit of Colossians, I want us to think about what has God called us to do? Even as we've read from Genesis, what did God say to Abram? But what has God called us to do? And let's also see as we read through this, what has God promised? What has God offered to us through Jesus Christ? Let's have a listen to Colossians chapter 2 and verse, verse 1. I want you to know how much I've agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Has anyone met the Apostle Paul personally? I don't, I don't think so. That's probably, that includes us in all the others he hasn't met yet. Verse 2. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ Himself. In Him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. I just want to pause and and mention in the prayer meeting this morning, someone prayed something that just made me think, you know what, there are so many voices in this world trying to manipulate people with fear. But God does not manipulate with fear. We do not have to be afraid. There are so many voices and and well-crafted arguments that would want to inspire you with fear. But kids, you don't have to be afraid because, you know, the God that created the universe knows you, He loves you, and Jesus gave His life for you. That we have the victory in Him. And verse 6, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Go and obey. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. What a beautiful picture. I want to be overflowing with thankfulness, moment by moment, day by day. I want to be overflowing with thankfulness, gratefulness to God, because I know what He's done for me. Verse 8, don't let anyone capture you. Don't get locked up, don't get tied up, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptised, And with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. We were joined in through Christ for He forgave all our sins. And Colossians 3, just skip you on a bit. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ... Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. It's so easy to go day by day just thinking about the things of this earth. I want to encourage you to stop day by day and, and, and think about the realities of heaven, what Jesus Christ has done, that we have the victory in Him, to open His word, to pray, to think about what He has done. Verse 3, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. And one more. This is the last one. (laughs) So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. And he goes on to list many of the things that we can get tied up in or caught up in. In verse 12, he says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We want to look to Him. We want to continue in Him. We want to not get distracted by the things of this world. And we want to obey and go. We want to obey and go. We want to obey His Word and go. We want to obey what the Spirit is saying to us and go. This is, we summarise, I think, kids down the bottom, we want to have one more blank there. It says, let's trust God. Let's know that He is good, that He loves us, that Jesus gave His life for us. Let's trust God. Let's look to Him. Not look to things in the world to try and give us joy and peace, but look to Him and obey His call. If we will trust God, if we will look to Him, if we will obey His call, we will know the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. We will know love, we will know joy, we will know peace and patience and kindness. Trust God, look to Him, and obey His call. Over the next next term, really, we're going to see just how amazing God's power, His grace, His, His goodness, His faithfulness, really is as we look at how He works with His covenant people through the book of Exodus. And I, I really pray and hope that you will read along in the book of Exodus as we, as we do this, this study, really, on the book of Exodus over the next term ahead. I'm just going to ask the band to come, and I want to pray as we come to a close now. God help us to obey and go. Lord Jesus, we just thank You so much. that you are a God of covenants and that, God, you are a keeper of your covenants. That, God, you are true to your word, that, God, you never break your word. God, we thank you that we can be joined into your covenant promises, God, that we can be set free from the power of sin and death, that we can have relationship with you again. Even though we sinned, because of what you have done for us, We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave your life as the perfect sacrifice so that we could be joined into your family, that we are your people through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. God, I just pray today that you would help, help every one of us here today to leave behind those things of earth that would hold us back from living for you. You've called us to be your people and to help others know your love, Lord God. Lord, just help us to throw off the things of this world that would weigh us down, that would slow us down, that would hold us back from the promises you have for us. Lord God, I just pray for anyone here today that they've never understood that Jesus' death and resurrection was was about bringing forgiveness for us that we could be joined into your family and have eternal life with you. God, I pray this morning that you would help them to leave behind living for themselves and and hand over their life to you this morning, God. God, I pray for each one of us again this morning that we would hand over our lives to you, that we would obey your call and go and go out from this place to live for you, God. Lord, even in those moments where we struggle, where we, we trip up, we, Lord, we, 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 we sin, that, Lord, we would get up again, that we would obey your call to repent, to turn away from sin and turn to you. Lord, Lord, day by day, that we would lift our eyes to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, and that we would run with endurance, this race marked out for us. We thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love. Lord, that your covenant is never withdrawn, Lord God. Your, your offer of forgiveness continues for anyone who call on your name. And we just thank you, Lord, that you would help us in this week ahead, Lord God, just to continue to come back to you day by day, to come back to you, to obey and go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.